Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NBA Top Shot Weekly Tip-Off Show, brought to you by OTMNFT.com. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm one of the co-founders here at Own the Moment, and this is episode 33 of the podcast. This is a show where we update you on all the news and information you need heading into this week in NBA Top Shot. And as always, I'm brought to you with my co-founder, the man that is now the proud owner of four purple Zed Run horses. Justin, how's it going tonight? Gosh, those electric violet. Oof, they're so nice. Got the OTM color. They've got the EV abbreviation. And I got to say, that was quite the professional introduction, really making it seem like it's a real legitimate deal. Yeah, you know, hey, got to do what we got to do. And I mean, it's super legitimate because we've got a very special guest with us tonight. We've got a man with an eight-figure Top Shot account balance, a collector store, over 350000 this guy has appeared on the Wall Street Journal, CNN. I'm pretty sure a couple other big name things that I'm forgetting right now. Of course, is a member of Club Top Shot. He's got the Cosmics. He's got the Crypto Punks. We've got Mike Levy, aka at MBL six two two six seven. Mike, how are we doing tonight? Doing well. Thank you for having me on. What's going on, TJ? What's going on, Justin? Glad to have you, man. It's gonna be gonna be a fun show. A lot to discuss. Got a big pack drop that kicked off the week today. Had some big news coming out over the weekend in terms of the collector score. So we're going to be getting into all of that this evening. All right. Let's go ahead and we're going to take a look at a little bit of what's going on here. So just a couple quick things to touch on in case anyone missed it from office hours last week. And then we're going to get right into the throwdowns pack drop and we are fortunately going to be ending the show with a, a little bit of a Throwdowns pack opening because I know I was able to get one. Mike was able to get one. Justin, I think you're still sweating it out over there. Of course I am. One of these days I'm going to get a legit pack. You uh, need the influencer just, perks. I just apparently do. I, I think I have the reverse influencer. I think once they gave me the Dwight Howards and those like 85 Dwight Howards, they're like, shit, like we cannot give him anything else anymore. Like we need to make sure his cue, he's the back of the line. Uh, Oh, rough life. Get to the back of the influencer line. All right. So just a couple of things that I wanted to at least highlight. People didn't see. We are getting these weekly reservation packs. So we had two of them that came out last week, one of which hopefully everyone was able to go ahead and get their pack by earlier this afternoon. There's another one that I think by Wednesday we'll, we'll be able to go in and get those. We may or may not have a legendary rookie pack coming at some point. The Top Shot team said there's a 50% chance of that happening. So a little bit up in the air there. We also believe they said that there's going to be the Cool Cats Challenge coming this week. It's going to be some sort of showcase challenge. Don't know exactly how that is going to work, but that is how the, the final, I believe the final Cool Cat is going to be distributed and then we have the throwdowns and we have the collector score which are going to be the the first two topics that we dive into a little bit more here tonight so let's uh let's jump right into the throwdowns pack so this is literally happening as we speak some people are still in line uh had a little a little bit of issues earlier with the collector score so it ended up getting pushed back by a couple of hours but 150 dollar pack 76 thousand of them were up for grabs we've also got rebound packs on the way in the pack you get a throwdown moment you get five common moments you got to have a collector score of at least 220 we'll get into that a little bit but that was not a super high bar based on how these collector scores 
are calculated. And the big thing that we are, are looking at here is in terms of the EV, because we put this, this survey out or poll out on Twitter, and there's been a lot of discussion about it. But And Mike, it's a, it's a great night to have you on the show because you had your thread a couple weeks back at this point around the expected values of the packs because it it seems that we are you know, potentially at, at our first rare pack drop where it's not a 100% slam dunk. It's not automatically printing money. It may even be possible that you get a pack that is worth less than $150. So how do you think that that has shaken out, Mike? I know that this has been a topic you've been pretty vocal about in the community. Yeah, so, so first I'll, I'll kind of give a quick hitting overview of why I think plus EV packs are, are a bit of an issue and why I think non-plus EV packs are at least lower levels are potentially a, a benefit to the platform. So first I, I think that you know we, we've seen huge growth of the platform, a ton of user adoption, but it's really difficult to know at this point who is here because packs were basically uh, free money. Anytime you got a pack, you could sell it for four or five times as much as the pack cost. And who is actually here because they like the Top Shot platform. And you know the, the reason those people were here is, is that the packs were incredibly um, positive expected value. And, and so I think that the incentive system set up by having those packs be as plus EV as they were um, led to a a bit of a different weighting of the user base than we might have liked. Um, we moved to, I think it was you know, something like, I calculated roughly 60% of the users on the platform were here to just strictly buy packs and sell the moment. So I think if you lower the EV, you hopefully disincentivize those people. Um, if you get rid of those people, it opens up a lot more pack slots for people who actually want the pack. So you look at a pack like this, Throwdowns, and I think that there are a lot of people out there who are super excited to get a pack. I got a pack. It uh, looks like, you know, TJ, you got one. Justin's about to get one. And we're excited and happy about the pack. And is it possible that we pull moments that aren't worth $150? Absolutely. Um, do I think it's negative EV or even EV? I don't know the answer to that. I suspect that it's probably plus EV, just given the lotto um, element here, where if you pull a, you know, a number one Zion, a number one Morant, a number one Anthony Edwards, you're looking at a pretty significantly valuable moment. And so you'd need some pretty crappy packs mixed in there to uh, to offset that benefit. So I suspect these are still plus EV, um, but it's heading in the right direction. And it's at least making it more difficult for people who are just here to buy packs and sell the moments to immediately profit. And I think that's a great start. Um, you know, we, we've seen that a huge portion of people who actually entered the drop here today are, are going to get a pack. And I think that's a healthy ecosystem. And, you know, we'll see what people do. We'll see if people go and pay $150 for a pack and immediately go sell the moments or, or hold on to them and try and complete the challenge. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting as well. How does Dapper, how does Dapper Labs kind of uh, continue to evolve this collector score? Because we believe around 150,000 qualified. Um, it looks like only around 100, 100 small change actually went into the pack drop. And then we're seeing a dropout rate of somewhere around 15%. So end of the day here, I'm going to say that 75% of people, maybe even more than that, 80% of people who are in the drop actively want a pack are going to get one. And uh, should that be the case for a rare? I don't know. Um, you know, we were kind of estimating that we thought that Dapper Labs is open for like a 50% chance at a rare and like a 25% chance at a legendary. Now that this is around an 80% chance at a rare, um, are they going to lessen the restrictions? Are they going to lessen the amount that get released in the future? Um, it's going to be interesting. But uh, when we look at like that throwdown pack, like because um, 
just the interesting stance in the market we're in. We are also kind of sensitive to, we don't want to put out prices that end up uh, kind of maybe uh, manipulating the market or playing an impact on these initial prices. So we kind of built an EV instead and said, hey, we believe that if the floor of the moments are around this price, this is what determine whether it's actually a plus an EV or you know minus EV for the packs. And I mean, as TJ said, like, my guess is, is that more than half of these packs, people will not make make a profit or turn a expected and turn actual value on it from their low ass and their uh, accounts, um, because majority, like as we said, like hey, it's just not that free money anymore. And uh, without a doubt, like as Mike said, like hey, there's still some great moments in there. There's still some great cereals in there that will probably you know pull it up a bit, um, but. It's not going to be, you know, I think we have scared away some of those people who were doing it just for the guaranteed money. And uh, we'll see what impact this has over the long run, you know, over the next kind of couple of weeks and months. Yeah, and I would say interesting question from Kai here in the chat as well. Do you think if you start to get rid of the plus EV packs, then the hype for Top Shot will also go down? I can give my my quick take on that. And then, Mike, maybe if you have thoughts too. I mean, I think it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, right? Obviously, the... Super EV packs attracted more and more people because people would just come in. Of course, everyone's going to sign up. If you can get a $150 pack and it's automatically worth $400 without breaking a sweat, then everybody's going to come in and try to, you know, the, the rent seeker type people that you've referred to. And yeah, I guess that's great for the hype, but that's not good for the long term of this. That's not good for the overall economy. And if you instead have fewer people that are maybe trying to get the packs, but it's people that are actually in this because they are true collectors because they want the moments and they want to get them and not just flip them. So I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword. And, you know, I don't know if less hype is is the best word for it, but I think it just kind of trims the fat on people that were never really here for the right reasons, if you will. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. For, for those who uh, made it all the way to the 25th tweet of my 25 uh, tweet, thread uh, but i think i think it was the last one the last one the second to last one mentioned that one of the issues of closing this ev gap is that the demand for packs is going to go down pretty significantly if, if you cut out uh what, what, I, what i termed i guess the, the rent seekers it's going to appear as if the platform is losing steam and um i, I think that's a worthwhile sacrifice um you know tj you, you said we, we you know we can cut the fat that's how you phrase it i think that's a great way to put it um we want to kind of build a strong foundation here. And at some point you're gonna to have to rip off the band-aid where you say, hey, half these collectors aren't actually collectors, they're just here to flip. And you know, I, I don't think Top Shot needs to build itself um, a greater presence just by having inflated numbers of users trying to get their packs. I think that you know, Top Shot's kind of out there already with or without any media push, um, marketing push from them. They've built an incredible following. And you know, I think word of mouth, mouth is extremely powerful and Twitter's a powerful tool and the momentum is there. And if you cut out the people who are just here to flip, I, I, you know, maybe for a couple of weeks, we might get some articles. I, I think I, I mentioned in the tweet thread, you know, the death of Top Shot or whatever it is. And I think that's perfectly fine. It's a, it's a worthwhile trade-off. Um, so so that, that's my view on that. What do you think about the actual price of this though? Like, what do you think went into that? Do you think, hey, this is a result of whether or not it's directly your tweet storm or at least just, you know, similar thinking around it. Do you think it's maybe a, hey, you know, this is still beta. This is a way to do kind of testing and price gauging of customers. Um, and not price gouging, price gauging, like actually gauging what that impact has and what that long-term ramifications are. 
Um, do you think they've just decided, hey, this is what they're going to be going forward? I, obviously, this is just speculation, but like, what's your thoughts? I mean, my, my thoughts are that the, you know, the company line is always, we are still in beta right now. They're trying to find their footing right now. You know, you guys brought up 25% for legendary and 50% for rare. I think no one knows the answer to that, including Dapper right now. Um, I do think Dapper has a ton of metrics that almost no one else has access to right now, where they are, you know, looking at the different levers they can pull and saying, okay, we can push the price here. Um, I don't know what kind of EV calculations they're running. That's sort of a slippery slope for them to kind of determine what they think the packs are worth. But at the end of the day, they do have to choose some number. The pack costs X dollars. So how do they arrive there? And I think, you know, they are trying to compensate here. They are trying to see what the demand is if they close that EV gap, what the implications of that are. And it's not unlike in poker when you, you know, you, you throw a bet out there that might be, you know, a suboptimal bet just in a vacuum, but you gain information on, on what your opponent might be holding or, or the players around the table. And it serves a greater long-term purpose. And so, I think they'll learn a lot from this pack. They'll see how many of the users who were eligible actually participated, what the flip rate was. Um, you know, I'm sure I, I think they have access to all this sort of stuff. You know, of the uh, 80,000 people who got a pack, how many of them sold the actual throwdown moment? How many of them turned around and went for the challenge? And you know, that hopefully they'll arrive at some sort of balance where it's the right price, where people can have a good time, uh, maybe see some account value uh, increases. Um, but also have access to packs. And I think that's a very, very careful and difficult balance. So I think it's it's, an it's a data gathering mission, this. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And yeah, TJ is all about calling down, thinking I'm bluffing and then just blaming it and saying, oh yeah, it's for the information. I just need <laughs> the information. Okay. You, gotta, you gotta seek as much information as you can. Yes, you yes. Know? Plus you buffalo. Especially in a recurring game, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the long game. I like that. And then we do have... The, the first challenge announced. So I think that the marketplace is still down or at least listings are down. So I don't think any of the new throwdown moments have been able to to hit the marketplace yet, but we've got Blake Griffin, who I think is, is quite an appropriate reward when it comes to to a throwdown, one of one of the legendary dunkers himself. So you can see the moments that, that are going to be needed there and you will have a week. So going to be interesting to track this one. Justin, what are your initial thoughts on this challenge? Yeah, and it'll be interesting as well uh, because all signs point to this being some form of a master challenge. Um, just the amount that are out there, because you know I think it was fifty-one in total, and so we've got what three? So we got the nine here. So you get your tenth one as the reward. You do that five times. That's fifty, and there's one left over. Um, and it seems like all the rewards are dunk contest champions. Um, and so I think, hey, we'll start with this Throwdown Challenge, and I hope that sometime in the next week they'll kind of lay out what the details are. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, do you need to hold on to all of these moments? Or is it a, you just need to have the master, um, you know, the rewards? Like, is there anything about completing them? All of that speculation, everything that we were talking about from the Cool Cats aspects is coming right back into play. Um, but it's going to be for packs that people aren't as excited about and a little more expensive. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out uh, over the next two or so months, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be, if, if there is a master challenge, indeed, we imagine the cool cats master will be wrapping up relatively shortly. And then we'd be moving on to this one. We also have Eric in the chat, which I think is something that I was keeping an eye on today with the hustle and show challenge of, yeah, the, the people that are completing the challenge and then so I immediately selling the reward for such a low price. I, I'm kind of I wondering the same reason. too. Like, what is the 
people just want to complete a challenge and that's the cheapest way to do it because they think it's checking some box. Is that, I'm assuming that's your thought. A positive that, but also they wanted to go for the cereal. And once they got, once they didn't get that great cereal, they said, hey, we're, you know, market's going to continue to go. Everything I buy is going to continue to go down. So I played the game. As you said, I got my challenge completion, whatever that means in my collector score and my baller status, et cetera. Uh, but also I didn't create a, get a great cereal. So let me just sell it as quickly as possible because they think in the next couple of days, it's going to be worth even less. Um, I think it's a bit rash, but uh, that's at least what I think the mindset of those people are. And once again, how many people completed the, uh, what was the final count? 7,000 or so completed, I'm trying to think, the hustle and show. Yeah. Um, around that 7,100. Yeah, you can have 1% of people. Um, yes, yeah, so there you go. If 1% of people are either irrational or for whatever reason just need to completely get out, that's still 71 people selling theirs at a very you know ridiculous low amount, whatever you see. Uh, and so it's, you know, when you have such large numbers, it makes sense that you're going to have some extremes in the tails. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that the serial aspect is, is really important, what Justin brought up, where if you, you know, aren't flush with with, with funds, but you want to access a really cool serial number for whoever the, the reward is, you know, Giannis in this case, you want a Giannis number one, it's a relatively inexpensive way to to at least take a shot, to throw a dart and say, hey, you know, I'd love a top 100 Giannis. Um, and it's expensive to, to buy your way there. Um, and, you know, it, it's... It's a it's a dart. It's a lottery ticket. Everyone enjoys a lottery ticket. Um, but I do also think, to Justin's final point, there are seventy one hundred people who completed the challenge. That's a lot of people. You know, if if you look at everyone goes through different things in life. Maybe some people just decided, hey, I actually need the cash back out now. You know, I, I thought I'd be able to invest this for a longer time. And you know, it's it's it's, just, it's a lot of data points. So I think that for whatever reason, people just want out, and then they hurt each other. You know, they list and they list and they list and they list, and everyone just wants to sell and get out and you know, it, it, it doesn't take that much demand to eat that up. But from the, the selling pressure side, um, you know, as a, as a per person who might be buying there, you look at it and you say, hey, I've seen the price drop six times in the last hour. I'm not going to buy yet. And the sellers each want to be the lowest listing. And it kind of just follows on. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how um, it kind of goes. And another thing is it doesn't help that uh, we also had this throwdown uh, pack here as well. So it's definitely possible that some people, they had their capital tied up in hustle and show and immediately after like, oh crap, I need to get $149. Let me just sell it all as quickly as I can so then I can hopefully get my another chance at a pack or something. Right. Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to look at. I feel like we've hypothesized or we've had the feeling every time right before a rare or legendary pack drop that, that the market sees a dip just before that happens because people that are selling moments to to get some dabber balance to buy the pack. That'd be an oh, interesting yeah. thing to, to look yeah. back and see like that that you actually know, has been the case. Our friend John Boy Jackson, when he was doing some using the OTM site to yeah. see like where the dips were, and you can see in here like where there were a pack drop, okay, small, and then it pretty quickly recorrected. And I think on Wednesday's show, when we take a look again and we take a look at the larger market, we're gonna see throughout today we got that drop. And, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for people who are still bullish to kind of in that accumulation period, buy, 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 because uh, you're getting a discount. Um, but then just the hopes are that, you know, we've hit that close to the bottom or near the bottom and we kind of eventually get that upward slope.
Right. I, I see Eric had a follow-up question here. So I, I wouldn't say it's a one in 7,000 chance for a single digit. I mean, maybe people just want a top 100 moment. And also, you don't burn the 200 if you don't get your top 100. There's still some value in the moments. You can sell them and say, you know, write off 50 bucks or whatever it was, you know, between the drop of the moments and the challenge reward, um, and, and then try again the next time. So I would say it's not as expensive as a lottery ticket of that, and it's a little more likely to win, depending on, obviously, people's preferences. Right. Also, it's nine out of 7,000 for a single digit. Come on, Eric. You're about to yeah, yeah. Come on, Eric. And, and then the jersey number. Throw the jersey number in at least. Come on, if Eric. If you want to go for the real home run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 34 right there. Yeah, not, I got the number three for that previous one. I was hoping there was a four after it for the joke. Yeah. I agree, I, I agree, Eric, that it seems a bit rash. But across a number of data points, you'll get some irrational actors. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All righty. So any other comments on, on throwdowns aside from the fact that, Justin, you got one now too, confirmed? I did. I did. I All got right. my first rare pack after being in everyone since January. That'll probably give me enough points to no longer be a rook in the baller status. So uh, props there. And then uh, throw to, I just want to comment on what Bill Wong was saying uh, in office hour when someone asked about the hustle and show being a master challenge, they answered no and specifically said they would say if they had master challenges, tell us in advance. Um, I think that's completely fair. Uh, I think, you know, I, I remember that as well. That doesn't mean they still can't announce this one over the next couple of days. Um, we're not sure. There's no positive. There's no guarantee that this is going to be a master challenge. And really it probably doesn't matter that much over the next couple of days. Uh, now they should definitely say before this challenge ends, um, and with master with office hours tomorrow, we'll probably get that question and answer, and we'll see. Uh, and if it's not a master challenge, it's not, and we'll adapt that way. But if it is, as the numbers show, uh, and if it's not, there's one extra moment, and maybe it'll just be ten in uh, show in a, in a challenge or something. We'll see. So I'd say one other comment on the throwdowns. It's interesting that they decided to go back to this set. Um, it, it wasn't clear after series one what would be recurring and what wouldn't be recurring. Uh, they essentially announced that base, MGLE, and hollow would be recurring each year and that those are kind of the core sets. Um, but for everything else, it was unclear. Then they kind of announced run it back would be coming back. And it, it was, I, I was somewhat surprised to see throwdowns coming back that, um, you know, it didn't appear that would be a recurring set. Uh, it's probably difficult to just come up with new names over and over and over again. Um, but it was interesting to see that. And I also think it's always interesting to compare series two to series one. I mean, these are 1800 circulations and in series one, I think they're 275. For, uh, for the same set. And, you know, so it, it's pretty interesting to, to look back and, and compare. Yeah. I mean, the MGLEs at 499 are looking like substantial values for us too. Um, because I think the difference between on a ratio of S1 to S2, every set, uh, so I guess hollow is almost is the 2X, you get what, 50 and 499. MGLE is 299, 499. So it's a little less. Uh, but I think that MGLE is the closest in ratio in volume or circulation count to S1 compared to any other. Uh, like Throwdown, as we're saying, is 275 to 1800. Um, that's what, I don't know, 7X or something? Like, yeah, so 6X. All right, let's 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 talk about the, the collector score a little bit. I'm just going to flash this up quickly for anyone that may not have seen it. This is just directly from the Top Shot team's blog in terms of the collector score. Now, they did say this is very much subject to change. It's kind of their first stab at it. But essentially, the idea is that you are getting some level of points for every single moment that you own as you move down from 
series two to series one, the amount of points increases as you move from common to rare to legendary, the points increase even further. And then, you know, there's some additional value to the reward moments or challenge reward moments. And then uh, there's some clarifying thing in there. That's basically just for the gift, which I, yeah, I didn't really right. get why that had to be in there. That just confused me. But oh, I so that, that, really that was one of my biggest takeaways, actually. What I took away from that was that the gift is not going to be the last time they just hand out free moments to who Maybe, they deem true. to be to be good enough collectors. I think they wouldn't have bothered with that if it was only for the gift. So to, to me, that's a signal that they're going to at some point define collector in a way that that's sufficient for they, them to feel comfortable for them to reward collectors and then go out and say, hey, you know, thanks to the early adopters, here, here's uh, here's something else. And I think that's something that people have really been clamoring for. They've said, you know, we've kind of put our money on the line here, dealt with site issues, dealt with, dealt with pack drop issues and everything else, and now a pretty weak market. Dapper's out there raising money at a $7.5 billion valuation. The rent seekers are out there flipping for a 3-4x profit, and the people who actually care about the platform and are engaged are, uh, are getting the short end of the stick. And I wouldn't be surprised if once they feel like their definition of a collector is accurate and fair, that they do more give back to the community. And I will also say in Dapper's defense about the EV packs, I do think the plus EV packs probably, um, they didn't adjust that quickly because they probably didn't mind giving out essentially free money to the collector base until it kind of turned into the fact that it wasn't the collector base. It was really a, uh, rent seekers taking advantage of it. But from their standpoint, I think it's it's good marketing where you know they they build hype around the platform by essentially selling people what's worth five thousand uh, dollars for for a thousand dollars. And I, I think we'll we'll see more of that going forward once they better define collectors. Yeah. And here's what I think is interesting. Um, your collector score was three hundred and fifty thousand, right? All right. Mine's fifty thousand. So yours is seven X mine. Your account valuation, though, is like probably more like 70, few hundred X mine. Um, and like, that's just using you know an example, but it's definitely not aligned to like market value. Um, and not saying they should obviously, you know, the decision should not be determined based off marketplace and stuff. Uh, but I think it does kind of show and a lot of the reason why probably I, you know, I have a closer 7x ratio to you than the account valuation is because I've got a lot more of like S2s and just like kind of one-off moments and stuff. And that's on the other side is the people who are kind of, you know, to get that 220, I think you only needed like 14 series two commons or something. Like it's actually was less restrictions than what we've seen previously for some of the drops. Um, and so I'm hopeful that kind of, Hey, they said, this is, you know, kind of a, I don't know if the word experiment, but I definitely said this was kind of an in progress. They're going to continue to figure out, make it dynamic. Um, so I hope they continue to improve it. I'd love to see some feature as well being based actually off marketplace activity and not just the previous purchases. Um, maybe they're thinking more long-term and thinking like long-term a pack, you know, isn't that kind of free EV that we've seen in the past. So like, it's just as valid as a marketplace purchase. I don't know if I buy that. Um, we, as people who are you know caring about their moments, in their portfolio, we want to see marketplace you know, actions and transactions. Uh, and the second thing is, and this might come off as a hot take, but I don't, I believe that it shouldn't be a static, like, um, one time. I think there should be a dynamic aspect to it where if someone was early on in the site and maybe they got, you know, their moments uh, and they haven't done anything for a year or two, 
I don't think that collector score should be only based off what they've collected two years ago. I would like to see some form and maybe it's an addition, maybe it's some other component, but I want to see continued activity over that six month process. So it doesn't allow someone just to, okay, let me buy one legendary. I've now got a ton of points and I can forever just kind of get my packs and get my packs. But, um, that's, uh, I don't know. I think that that'll be an interesting to see how it plays out. And, uh, once again, uh, you know, we know that this collector score is going to have a plot role in these pack drops. And even though this one may not have been like that, you know, profound plus EV, I do believe legendaries are going to continue to kind of remain valuable or at least hope so. Um, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I, I agree with almost everything you said. I mean, the reason my account is, I'm probably the worst example of collector score. My account is very focused on, high-end debut bases and they count the exact same as every other base basically so my my uh lebron top shot debut stack counts the same as a stack of of ish smiths from series one and so like alxo is um the you know has roughly the same account value that i do but he has uh, you know, five times as many or six times as many moments as I have, seven times as many, I don't know how many he has. Um, and, and his collector score is three times higher than mine, which which is kind of interesting. And, you know, in some ways it incentivizes, similar to the ticket system, just any moment is, is good to have. And, it, you know, kind of closes the gap between talented players and good serial numbers. And I see a lot of comments in the chat here about it not factoring in serial numbers or players or anything like that. Um, having said that, though, you know, I think if Dapper wanted it to reflect um, these kinds of things, they would just say, okay, your collector score is your moment ranks or your own the moment or your evaluate market or whatever it is. That It's just your account value. And that's what we're going to use to determine what you do going forward. And I think, Justin, to your point, it should weigh in some sort of account activity and contributions in some way and you know what you've done over the last couple of months and when they introduce a game, whether or not you've participated in the game and you know whatever else. But... I think similar to um, you know the pack the, the throwdown packs and the EV discussion we were having, it's all experimental right now, and they're sometimes they're swinging way too far one way and way too far the other just to find that middle ground. And so, I think there's a lot of work to do here. I mean, if I were someone who was a, who was a rent seeker, I would just go out and buy a hundred of you know the three dollar S two moments, which feels like it would give me entry to the pack lotto for the foreseeable future based on how they've defined it. But I think they know that and they get that and, and it'll grow from there. I mean, they put in the, in the blog post, they bolded, I think, where it says yeah, experimental new system. So I think that suggests change and evolution is coming. Yeah. Yep, agreed, agreed. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything was worse. I don't know, maybe just, I don't think anything like turned off people enough, but like the idea of every moment equaling one lottery ticket the only thing that does is it says, okay, the absolute floor trash moments are now going to have some value. Even your, let's say, James Harden slash 35K, which is one of the best players in the league, going for $12. If you have him, it doesn't make sense for you to turn him in because you could just as easily sell that and go buy two or three of the cheapest other moments to get the ticket. So like, it literally just turns into, okay, your ticket should only be the very worst players of the most recent pack uh, of the most recent like series and highest circulation. And that just creates a weird race to the bottom, but then protection of that floor. Uh, it's, it's not ideal, but um, you know, again, we'll see how it all plays out.
Right. Uh, and and there, there's two other sort of foreshadowing things for things we're going to be talking about later. One, it's interesting that they, they distinguish between series one and series two in the collector scores. Um, and two, they did um, distinguish between challenge rewards, too. And so I know that's something that people have asked for, um, that challenge rewards holds, hold more significant meaning and that, you know, they have the little star badge next to them. But I don't think the collector score, as currently calculated, gives you any bonus for having earned the challenge yourself that, versus that's just what I was buying say. it. I, yeah. I feel like I feel like it should have been completed challenges as opposed to just owning. Like I, I would almost say it's more a sign of a collector, someone that completed the challenge, and maybe they have since have happened to sell that challenge reward than someone who didn't complete the challenge and then just buys the reward. Right. Right. The score. Yeah, right. I that's an interesting. It goes one. both way. It does. Does reward people who completed the challenge because now their challenge rewards hold additional value in the marketplace if they were to try to sell them. Uh, but also, if you're completing challenges, you're probably not going to have to worry about collector score, to be honest. Other than like maybe if you're you're just completing your first hustle and show, and that's the only challenge you've done, and like you're you know you're one of the outliers. But like for the most part, if you're someone who's actually active on the side and trying to complete challenges, you're not going to have to worry about collector score. Right. Then the, uh, the other item that's a bit of a foreshadow, I'm, I'm going to tip my hand for one of the around the horns, is I think the ticket system should have a burn mechanism. And so effectively, it, you know, as you, you pick the Bismack Biombo 35,000 editions and everyone burns, uh, everyone trades those in as tickets first, soon that's going to be a 12,000 circulation Bismack Biombo. And then it's a question, is a 12,000 Bismack Biombo now worth $12? And then do you maybe want to trade in the James Harden instead? But right now, they basically said they're going to recycle those moments. And so if that's the case, it's just going to keep being the Bismack Biombo over and over and over again. Um, and so I think an easy solution to that is to actually have a burn where you know, if, you trade in a, a if you trade in a moment for a ticket, that moment is gone forever. And, and it'll balance the ecosystem a little bit better. It'll have some weird you know, strategic elements to it um, where, you know, where it may make sense to burn a, a you know, Giannis with a hundred thousand in circulation. If everything else has been burned all the way down to like 230 or whatever it is. My favorite part about the burn is that it literally helps everyone. Cause if you're the one that's turning it in, you're gaining some value. You're making the decision that it's worth burning and everyone else who's not doing anything, they're benefiting because that moment now has less circulation. Right. Uh, so every burn literally helps the economy. The only people that it kind of hurts is maybe Dapper. And uh, that's only if you decide that, you know, what are you actually turning in and what happens to those moments? And I think they don't love the idea as it stands now of just eliminating these moments from the marketplace because they want the idea of like, you know, collecting, you keep, you aggregate. And uh, burning is really the inverse of collecting, I would say. Um, and so I think that's probably some of their hesitation. Uh, but yeah, I truly, truly hope that that recycle thing eventually evolves into a true burn. Yeah, agree, agreed, agreed. All right. Well, we allude to it here. I think it's time for, for the next segment. I think this is going to be a fun one, particularly with these two guys that we have with us today. So let me go ahead and, and share the fast break segment that we are going to get into here. So we've got the Herzig bot versus Mr. MBL. And here's what we're going to do. There's going to be five can we, questions. Can we pause real quick? Sorry. If this is true, this is big news because this was supposed to be by the 12th. Um, Ooh, but uh, if other people are seeing this too, let us know. But that is uh, 
fantastic news coming two days earlier and it's going to come right as kind of the marketplace opens. But um, if we think that, how many people do we think completed the showcase challenge? 25,000? Oh, I think more. I think a lot more. I mean, how many people are active and how many got the 20? Well, I mean, we know every, we know everyone likes that free money. It was free twenty bucks, you know. Well, um, we know you do. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I went for my twenty. I did. I don't know how you many cut, I ended up with. I'll have to check. You cut your flack for it. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, of course. I'm I'm so, I'm gonna guess seventy five to hundred thousand. I'll get I'll get the range. Okay, so if it's fifty k, you're looking at a million dollars, a hundred thousand. I think that's right. Um, the twenty dollars. You're looking at maybe between one to two million dollars, kind of being pumped into the marketplace. Uh, so absolutely love that aspect. Um, and we'll see, cause I think there's very few people who are saying like, Oh, I'm going to take that $20 off the site. Or like, maybe if you've got enough of a dapper, then you don't really notice it. Uh, but I think for the most part, like, I think, uh, it, it'll, it'll play. We're not seeing everyone hit their account. So maybe it's going to take time. Maybe Tommy's just janking our chain, uh, and just trying to get me to interrupt TJ as he explained the rules for the fast break. Hey, no, that would be, that'd be great news. And hopefully we see a little, hopefully we see that pumping into the marketplace but yeah by the at least sometime this week so by wednesday night show we should have everyone with their 20 bucks yeah. okay let's I just want to hear, sorry it's right one question uh, vikes no, fan no, asked no. a good question so vikes fan asked a question about how do they present moments if there's been a burn and i i think the way it would work is they would keep the thirty-five thousand next to it but there'd be another number somewhere of like numbers still in existence or circulation or something like that and it does get a little cumbersome at some point or a little um, you know, busy, but they're going to have to do it anyway because of the Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals, which which do already have burns, and so they got they need to have some sort of answer. Can you briefly just define burning moment for maybe maybe people that don't know like the concept of what that means? Just a- yeah, so so I'll, I'll do it in the context of and this this is really cramping my style for my, my the first around the horn answer, but I'll I'll, I'll go with it. Um, so. A lot of other platforms have things where if you burn an NFT, you get something in return. So just as an example, Blau, the uh, the artist, um, released some NFTs on Nifty Gateway. Um, and if you burned six editions of one of them, you got a different NFT. That was a far more limited edition. And so, and then to Justin's point earlier, I think it was Justin or TJ, um, the people who didn't burn that original edition now have a... Uh, an NFT with far fewer in circulation. And so everyone kind of wins. It's an interesting dynamic. You have a decision to make. There's some strategy involved. And so in the context of Top Shot, and especially in the trade system, basically the way it would work is if you get one ticket, which uh, let's assume one ticket allows you entry into this S1 base pack lottery, and you trade in your Ish Smith 35,000 uh, edition moment, instead of that moment being recycled into a um, recycled pack or into a future drop, um, it would just be burned. And so if I did moment number 11,342-ish Smith, that moment would never be in anyone else's collection ever again. It would no longer be in existence. It would go to an account that can never be, you know, a flow address that would never be recoverable. Um, and now there's suddenly 34,999 of the Ish Smith, which makes it that much rarer. And obviously extrapolate that a little bit. It, it could get to a truly rare moment. Um, it reduces the number of moments in circulation overall. Um, I know a lot of people have supply concerns, um, which which may be valid. And again, it's a it's a kind of fun element of the game where you know you you burn moments, you strategize around that. Things can happen if you burn them, um, which I'm reserving like two or three things for my around the horn answer. <laughs> yeah. 
What did Ish Smith ever do to deserve this? He's uh, the lowest priced S1 right now. S1, He's the low not S2. There's so much worse as <laughs> went to Wake Forest, got his degree, uh, had some you know, role playing role. Come on, Ish. Poor Ish. Keeps him relevant. Let's go fast. Okay. Fast break. We're gonna do this for real this time. I'm gonna remove that from this. Oh, sorry, Coop. All right, here we go. Here's the game. There's gonna be five questions. I'm going to ask the question. Being that he's our guest, Mike will get to choose whether he'd rather go first three times or second three times. Each person's going to theoretically have 90 seconds to answer. I'm not going to hold you guys to that exactly, but let's try to keep it brief. And then in the chat, as, as this is going on, if you like Justin's answer, you can put a J in the chat. If you like Mike's answer, you can put an M in the chat. Producer Coop's going to tell me behind the scenes who he thinks the winner of the round is. And then... I'm going to just declare who I think the winner is based on all that because I'm the host and I can do whatever I want. And so also these are the two guys that are going at it here. So I'm about to get you know. absolutely walloped. That yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Like There's a fence in I need to throw it hard enough to get through that fence. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be the, uh, the game here. And let's take this back off of the screen. I think I'm also going to rearrange these tiles if i can to put you guys at the top and myself at the bottom because when i put the screens hold on there we go nice that was nifty all right doing the best i can here yeah. all right mike would you like to go first or second for the first question i would like to go first please all righty let's do it i will put the question on the screen to go ask the question and then we'll all right. So, one thing you'd like to see Top Shot do that would increase the value of moments, Mike. Over to you. Great question. Um, a topic we haven't covered yet tonight. I, I think a great innovation by Dab or by Top Shot would be introducing moment burns, and they could do this in a number of ways. It could be through the trade ticketing system. It could be to, um, you know, have exclusive moments where they just kind of say, "All right, we're going to look at the entire S two base set. If you burn a given player, you get a new limited edition of that player." You need to burn five of this player in order to get the limited edition version. I think it introduces um, a fun element. It gives people a reason to come back to the platform. It reduces the overall supply. Um, and, and so I think it's a win-win-win all around. Um, I, you know, I saw one comment earlier in the chat saying that Dapper would lose their 5% on transactions for those supplies. I don't think Dapper is concerned about their cash flow right now. I think that if they can improve the overall experience... You know, add some elements to the uh, the marketplace. That's a win for everyone, including Dapper. It's a it's a better platform experience. Well done. Did it in just under sixty seconds. Good job, Justin. Over to you. Yeah, I agree that Dapper is not in a place where they need to kind of be worried about kind of the you know nickel and diming. And I think a great opportunity is, uh, and we've kind of alluded to it earlier with the idea of the gift moments and kind of gifting moments, but I think they should actually distribute random airdrops to people who own complete sets. So if you own a complete set, the more sets you own, the more chances you have, and especially important, I think, for smaller sets where users likely kind of, uh, you probably completed a challenge, uh, and, you know, we've seen the post-challenge drop-off of the prices. I think this would actually incentivize long-term holding and really help prevent that kind of, uh, you know, that post-challenge drop-off it also has more of that collector mentality. So as you actually start collecting, as you're holding an entire challenge, you're not, if you have it, you're not going to want to go sell it. You're going to want to hold on to that in hopes that, hey, there's a valuable airdrop that comes along. And uh, one of the things for sure is they have to make sure that, A, you know, 
each set has different, you know, types of air, different values of airdrops and stuff. And after you get one, it doesn't mean that that set's not going to get another because we don't want there to be this complete cliff after it gets one. But just over the path, you know, over the course of an entire season, hey, we're going to reward these. It's a great opportunity. I think it's not going to completely incentivize people to go complete an entire like huge S1, S2 set. But if you got something like the gift, the hustle and flow, maybe some others, I think it would really incentivize collecting and increase kind of overall value to the marketplace. Like it. I like both ideas. I think they would both be valuable additions. I'm going to go with Mike on this one just because I think that the burning of moments is likely applicable to more people. So, Mike, we're going to get you on the board. Plus, I mean, you've been talking about burning moments all night. I had to give you the points for that one. I, I did like Justin's response. I thought Justin's yeah. response was good. I, th I think it puts good incentives in the marketplace. And I, I also yeah. did just one comment, not for voting purposes. The vote's been cast already. That <laughs> I think a lot of people look, turn to Dapper and say, how can you help our account values go up? And I think Dapper's perspective is and should be. Um, that they want to create a fun, exciting collector experience, and the market will market. You know, it's gonna, it'll go up, it'll go down. But I mean, it's an impossible job for Dapper to create a marketplace where there's perpetual account increases. There's just not enough money in the world for that, and then, you know, there's not gonna be enough collector increase. It's a market. You know, there's gonna be some ups, some downs, and I'm not sure that it's the best for people to think. What does Dapper need to do to? It, to, to write the ship. I think Dapper's created an environment. Hopefully it's attractive, but you know, they, they didn't, I don't think they, they, they obviously enjoyed the huge run-ups of value, got them a lot of media attention and whatever else, but you know, I don't think they were responsible for that necessarily. I don't think they're going to be responsible for, for writing the ship. Now they're just going to kind of continue to improve and iterate on the platform. And hopefully for our purposes, the values go up and the experience is more fun. Right. I do think that Dapper Labs is interested in creating a marketplace where the moments, not all of them, but definitely some retain and increase value for collectors because you're just not going to have a large ecosystem if people are spending money knowing that they're spending it only for entertainment and then it just goes away. Like, yes, people do play those games and stuff we see with FIFA and all, but like overall for collectors, there needs to be some aspect to kind of have your, you know, the thing you're collecting appreciated value. Uh, so I do think it is an important concept and a little teaser, but I'm actually was building out a kind of uh, tweet thread, tweet storm. I was channeling my inner mic um, here, and I'll put that out tomorrow morning, I believe, really on this topic of what can Top Shot kind of do. Um, and there's eight different things that we talk on, and burning may or may not be one of them. It is. Love it. It's one of them. Love it. And hey, the chat liked both of your guys' answers. Was yeah. What? So. Yeah. Good job to both of you guys, but I'm giving the point to Mike for this one. And then we're going to go to the second question. And Justin, you're going to start us off with this one. So what is one technology advancement you'd like to see from Top Shot? Justin. Um, all right. I'm going to go with something we've alluded to a little in the past, but um, really let's elaborate a bit. So I think a bidding system. Um, the current market is dictated by really one person with their low ask. And then people adding new listings mostly just look at that low ask. They either set their moment for below or around that price. And purchasing moments is an active event while listings are really passive. Once they're on, they stay there. The act of actually purchasing is a boom action. It happens. People can always see everyone's really willingness to sell, but no one has visibility into everyone's willingness to buy. And because we're still in that kind of price discovery mode on moments prices, the market's often often shifting to repetitive undercutting without really hitting a floor because as we're still identifying what that price is, there's no true, hey, this is what the floor is going to be. 
people just kind of the buyers just say, hey, let's just let, it, uh, let people continue to undercut. I think a bid feature solves this because it provides transparency for the sellers into the amount and the desire of buyers that would actually you know, allow for passive purchases. We have a better understanding of what the buyer's willingness actually are. And this isn't market manipulation. It's just the current market is so heavily based on only seeing what these sellers want and only the tails having such an impact. Uh, I think this would help kind of balance it out. And it makes sense why our stock markets, why our larger, more you know, mature markets have these bidding systems and you kind of reach that equilibrium. Mike? I'm going way out of the box on this one. Um, I, I think that would be what would be a fun technological advancement is something completely independent of the market. It is what I'll call a collector home court. And the way it'll work is, um, you know, Dapper has to create a little ecosystem, a little mini, mini metaverse where basically every account has We'll call it a home arena, a home stadium, and the quality of that arena is directly correlated with your collector score or whatever they want. And as your collector score goes up, you can, you know, add rafters, you can add lights, you can add uh, a better hardwood on the floor, you can add better hoop quality, whatever it is, and you can display your moments kind of around the court uh, in, in in the rafters or on little billboards. If you want an outdoor court, you can put little palm trees around whatever else it is, and you can have, you know, we, we could have this sort of stream or this sort of session on at one of our courts and have a little thing like that. And you could have like, you could play poker with your buddies at your court. And obviously it's sweeter to host at a, a nicer court. And so that's a little different angle. And I thought of that uh, like 20 minutes before the show. So hopefully that doesn't sound too ridiculous out loud. Can I have my horsey on the court? I just need to know, like. Can you have your horsey on the court? Yeah. You can have an image of it, but not the actual horse. Ah, okay. <laughs> not in my court. It's not in my court because my, 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 I'm very concerned about the hardwood quality. I don't want scratches, you know. Do you wear jeans there? <laughs> Only with a <laughs> hole in the crotch. <laughs> uh, I like, I like it. it. I, like, I like the outside of the box thinking there. And, you know, that's, uh, this is Justin when, when I build the, our OTM museum in the metaverse and people can that, that's what I was. So one of the things I've said to Justin, Mike, is that we, we need to make the OTM museum in the metaverse one time where people can, can host their moments and it gives a yes. you know, place to showcase your stuff. So that, that's what that reminded me of. And there will but, definitely be a basketball court at the OTM museum. For so, sure. Yeah. For sure. Actually, I talked well, to someone on, on the Dapper team about the idea of having like a, a basically a hall of fame of or a museum i guess within a metaverse for top shot overall and like accounts can loan out uh, you know different collections or showcases and have displays and little activity rooms and you know maybe some story of history and a little screenshot of some discord chat on day one of top shot and parts of history basically and it's, it's, it sounds like potentially there's something in the works here uh from you guys yeah we have we, we've talked about how you can a monetize it and be how you can create something that people actually like want to from an engagement stance. Um, the monetization would be more of just like, okay, well, if we're going to spend the capital to do this, like we got to get some kind of return. Uh, the engagement side is more of like, okay, I think this should just be really fun if the metaverse kind of idea actually kind of evolves. Takes off at some point. Good answers. I am going to go with Justin on this one. Though. I think the, the bidding system is something that that would be really helpful and, you know, a, a little bit more tangible directly to the market. Although I'm all about the, the metaverse ideas, like God, palm trees on like some of the cool things. If you just Google like the most like, you know, scenic basketball courts, 
and you just like see some of the ridiculous views and yeah yeah it'd be cool to have a nice home court like that invite your buddies over (laughs) love it love it all right let's go on to the next question here we're gonna Kick it to Mike first. So what is one thing Top Shot can learn from other NFTs slash other NFT platforms? So I think it's kind of gamification. And, and that's a, a fancy word in my mind of, of saying, you know, basically give people a reason to come back to the platform. Right now, it's a somewhat passive platform relative to a lot of other things going on in, in the NFT space. And Zed Run is obviously a great example. Um, I, I, I don't own any horsies. Um, I'm, I'm trying to stay sane and focus my efforts on like only 75 projects instead of 100 projects. Uh, and so, but I think what they do really well is they have a racing element to it. You can enter a race, uh, I think, every day. And, and so, you know, there's a reason to go. When you go onto the platform, there's something to do aside from buy and sell and uh, you know, interact with the marketplace. Um, there's also a breathing element to it. Then we talked about burns already. Um, I know they have a game upcoming, but that would be something that I think would be a great innovation, having something to do with your moments. Right now, our moments are effectively art um, in, in that they're fun to look at and you know talk about and display. And that's about it. There's nothing you can actually do with them. And I, I think that's what they should be focused on. And I think they are focused on it, but that's the biggest thing that I think we need from them. Justin? Yeah, my answer was utility, and I was going to talk about Zed. So uh, instead, I will think of... Do it better. Do it better than I did it. I think it's great. Uh, I'm in complete agreement there. Um, Let's go a step further then and think about, I think, um, the ecosystem around uh, any kind of platform or any kind of offering. And uh, so if we take a look at, you know, the CryptoPunks, you've got the Larva Labs, and what they did is kind of that first uh, true NFT um, and then you've got, okay, let's actually take that next step. And now you've got the me bits, which is that kind of V2. I think if you look at the Bored Apes area, um, this felt more like a grassroots kind of up, you know, a grassroots building and you're such a large community focus. I think right now, if Top Shock and kind of, it started off with such a lot of hype and a lot of excitement, but I think it's kind of lost a bit of that community feel. And uh, whether it's, you know, there's just that one core, okay, You've got Top Shot General Discord, which is just, you know, most people have just kind of gotten scared away from. Maybe people have kind of moved into their own little ecosystems. You've got the various discords and stuff. I think if they could find a way to kind of rally the troops and bring a bit more of a community aspect back to the game and back to the collector's areas, I think that, you know, and maybe it's through a form of utility, a form of a game. Maybe it's through real life activity, real life kind of experiences. But if there's something that kind of, you know, rally the troops and bring everyone back together that we've seen, because there really is some true excitement around the you know, the people who are in the apes, they absolutely love it. I think we've already seen some people in the chat talking about it, the amount of put it there as their, you know, their picture and stuff. I think we've lost that a little. And when you combine the bear market, the kind of pessimism, the negativity around it, I'd love to see how we can kind of bring that kind of rally the troops and everyone back together. Yeah. Like it. I think you guys both had a a pretty similar answer. I don't have a, I don't have a strong lean chat. If you guys have a strong lean, put your J's and M's in there. Otherwise I might just award half a point to each for that one, but we're going to move on to the next question as we're coming up on an hour here justin in five years how do you think we're going to look back on series two of nba top shot moments yeah this is tough um i think it's gonna actually look like a dark age um i think it's going to you know we're still going to see throughout this and through the summer people still trying to level up into those series ones 
Um, I think you're going to still see some strong value of some of the moments in series two. Uh, but I think it's just going to look a little bit of kind of a bridge where S1 will always have that first. It was always the origin. It's always going to be an outlier and unique buy house, you know, low volume was out there. Uh, I think S3 and beyond are all going to be pretty similar. I'm not sure what S3 looks like, but I think S3 is going to look like S5, S6, S8, S10, etc. I think S2 is really just going to be that kind of bridge where, yes, there were mistakes made. Yes, there was that all-star weekend and what happened. Yes, there's been a lot of kind of just testing through the kind of price points, the amount that we're putting out there. And uh, it's just going to kind of look back on that's a bit of a kind of a a weird year. It will definitely have value long term. And I think it will be more, you know, it, it will definitely hold more value than series three. But I think we'll see it as just a kind of, uh, hey, there was that was that bridge year that got us to what this future state really looks like going forward. Um, but uh, I think that's where I'd kind of go with it. Mike? So I think S2 is really, really interesting because right now, um, the only alternatives you have are S1 and S2. And I think people understand the value proposition of S1. It's the founder series, it's the Genesis series, it's you know whatever you want to call it, first edition. Um, and in all collectibles, the first of anything kind of carries some weight, the second of anything less so. Um, so right now it's hard to understand is S2 priced the way it is um, because there's no S3. And when there's an S3, then people will kind of view S3 the same as S2 and it'll balance out. Or is there something special about Series 2 where it was before Top Shot figured it all out, where MGLEs weren't quite high enough additions, where hollows were too low additions uh, or anything like that? And so um, without uh, you know any intervention from Dapper, I, I, I view it as kind of S2 will blend into Series 3 and beyond over time with maybe some exceptions where like you know an S2 set in particular will stand out. Having said that, the collector score has uh, sort of led me to think otherwise in that it seems like Dapper will build in a premium um, for earlier series. And I don't know if that ends at some point where, you know, series one, two, three, and four have some sort of bump over five and beyond, or it's just consecutive. It's, you know, series one is king or gold and series two is silver. And, you know, they give a little bump for that. And I, I think absent that from Dapper, though, that series two... It, it's difficult for it to dis distinguish itself, um, that it'll kind of fall into into line with Series 3 and, and beyond. And, the, you know, the question I always ask people was, would you rather a Series 1 7,500 circulation, let's go Ish Smith again, or a Series 10 1 million circulation Steph Curry, assuming he's still playing then? And for me, I, I would rather the Steph Curry. I'd rather show my buddy I have a Steph Curry rather than explain to my buddy that this Ish Smith is cool because there's only 8,000 of them and it was Series 2, which is kind of like Series 1. Yep. All righty. Going to go with Justin on this round, and it looks like the chat went with Mike on the last round, which means that we are deadlocked heading into the very last question here where Mike is going to lead us off, take us home, then we're going to – quickly run through our underdog weekly pick them and then rip a pack as we are running short on time here. So final question, Mr. MBL, besides top shot, pick one NFT slash NFT platform that you are most bullish on and why I'm going to be strategic here. I'm going to suggest one and I'll anticipate Justin's answer. Um, <laughs> my, my answer is going to be CryptoPunks, and uh, uh, as anyone who's kind of read what I, uh, I've written before or seen me on any other podcast, I think they know where I'm going here. But 
my big concern with NFTs as a whole is that there are very, very low barriers to entry for almost anything. And that's why I've focused my efforts on Top Shot and Punks. Um, and uh, the, the way I've thought about it is if you roll forward the clock 10 years and you factor in the immense amount of supply that's forthcoming, what sort of stands the test of time? And I think Top Shot has a huge uh, first mover advantage. It's built on flow. We know Top Shot. Punks, on the other hand, will always be kind of the first. And we just talked about the importance of first with Series 1. Um, it was, the, you know, the pioneer project that led to NFTs, that led to this whole world. And that doesn't go away. No matter how many things come after punks, no matter how many projects and pieces of art and whatever else are released over the next 10 years, punks will always be first. Now, something like Zed Run may be extremely fun, but my concern there is there's no barriers to entry. If Atari, Nintendo, Sony, um, anyone else, you know, Microsoft comes in and decides, we want to make a better version of Zed Run. We're going to call on our sponsor, Budweiser. We're going to call on Churchill Downs, who we have a relationship with, where the, where the Derby is held, the Kentucky Derby is held. And we're going to build a way better version of Zed Run, learning from all their mistakes, building a better code, bringing in better designers with our war chest of cash. I don't know how Zed Run competes with that. And there's no way for them to stop that happening. Whereas Top Shot has a license with the NBA and um, you know, a, a different blockchain they work on, and punks were always first. I like Justin. you tried to like eight mile Eminem me. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that I is am it. white. Yeah, I did go. I did. Yes, have yes. Um, but no, no, I'm no. Gonna, All right, I'm not going set. Uh, I'm going to okay, go okay. even a little more strategic, a little more off the wall. Um, I'm going to go with OpenSea. I'm going to go with an actual marketplace. Okay. Uh, I think the true value here with NFTs, and we've already seen it with Rohamit. The beauty of NFTs is that you can actually have true ownership of it. And so being able to take these moments off of whether it's Top Shot, whether it's Wax, whether it's a CryptoPunk on ETH or whatever, being able to actually use these third-party marketplaces are huge. And I think the true opportunity of the future here is going to be as we see the kind of proliferation of these third-party marketplaces. And what that's going to do is it provides, um, you know, and I think it's going to turn into actually assets and investment vehicles, uh, not just, you know, a top shot, not just a crypto punk, also the art and everything else. And I think the big opportunity here is going to be how are these kind of marketplaces going to compete against each other, but they're going to start offering services. And that's where you have the staking, the things we see in crypto, the things that, you know, Mike and Andy and all the other guys in Club Top Shot are talking about that go way over our heads. Um, those are going to be built in with better customer experience, better user experiences on the platforms. So you can take all your moments, you can take it and you can actually turn it and actually loan it out. You can actually build financial assets along with this. And I think these also become a major gateway to uh, bring in and uh, retail investors, retail collectors, really that kind of retail person into this space. Uh, and I think that's kind of the huge opportunity going forward is really around these third party marketplaces, what they're going to develop features and open up to the larger so that our experience is not just limited to only top shot or to only flow or to only this one little project, uh, but it's really going to provide an entire gateway to kind of a larger financial apparatus. The correct answer was own the moment in retrospect. I really should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> you would have got a point. I can guarantee you, you that. Yeah, would have got the point for sure. Said, Own the moment, done. <laughs> and you should have gone second. Yeah, <laughs> give me a minute and a half to book. <laughs> Chat, help us out here. J or M in there. I, I have my lean, but I definitely want your 
opinion before we claim the winner here. But uh, th that was great, guys. Both of you dropped a ton of knowledge, a lot of good insight into both Top Shot and other NFTs outside the, the platform. But Oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing a little bit of both coming in. Yeah, it's been a split now. chat overall. It's, it has been. Huh? It has I been think pretty Eric put it over the top though. Yeah, I like it. yeah. That was that was a four three right there. <laughs> best of best of that was game, that Eric was game seven right game there. Seven. Eric yeah. game seven gives it to Justin for the win three to two. But uh, thanks guys. Yeah, <laughs> game sure. Shake there. <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. Appreciate that. I'll guys. give you a rematch on your basketball court. There you go. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. We gotta get moving a little bit here, but we are going to to head into the final segment of the night, which is our underdog pick of the week. So I just have to say, if you guys have not checked out Underdog Fantasy, go ahead and check them out today. They've got an NBA best ball playoff tournament going on right now. They've got nightly NBA pickums where you can choose the over-under on various players and their stat lines, whether it's how many points they're going to score, rebounds, assists. You can even do a combination of them. So do you think Giannis is going to have X number of points plus rebounds in a certain night? Can go ahead and, and play their pick'em game in that way. So head on over, underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code OTM. Make that deposit, and hey, worst case scenario, you don't love the platform, they do have a $100 back guarantee if you do not love the app. So again, promo code OTM over for our friends at Underdog Fantasy. God, Mike and, must be uh, sick of all this underdog talk. Yeah, it's how do I get on the payroll here? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is everything I'm on. <laughs> Send me a hat or something, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I don't have the underdog hat with me right now. I got the draft and the fan duel and everything else. We'll bring I'll, that. I'll also say we still have our LeBron giveaway we, from the we underdog, still have the underdog. that is is running until Wednesday. So Wednesday night, LeBron is it's the it's a good LeBron, right? It's a slash. They're 15. all good. They're all good LeBrons. They're all good LeBrons, but it's like a slash fifteen slash fifteen k. Yeah, they got slash fifteen k. No look. So the no look three, one of my faves. So uh, go ahead. We'll probably retweet that tweet sometime between now and Wednesday, but we will be doing that giveaway on Wednesday night's show. All right, let me run through this here. So last week we had Mike Zakarian on the show. You can see everyone that we picked. Spoiler alert, none of us were in the positive, and Justin was the quote-unquote winner with a minus 4.59%, just barely squeaking out Mike. So good job, I guess, <laughs> to Justin. I do want to. I, I do want to shout it. out. It, it's been. I mean, also this includes everything that happened today. So like, it's it's been a tough twenty four hours. And if we gave this another day, like I could see these S ones kind of going back up a little after this uh, drop. But either way, yeah. a W is a W. I do want to shout out to uh, one of our one of our Twitter followers, Lundar at Badger Viking Guy who selected Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum came in as the number one seven-day percentage change, well, according to otmnft.com. Well, he saw many, the 60-point game coming, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he was up like uh, 12% over the week, so shout it's out. It's almost shout as good as there. calling a Miles Bridges when, you know – he gets called the dunk champion, King Dunk champion. You can't, you, can't, you can't live in the past. 
you can't live in the past, Justin. You got to be. It's a forward-looking game that we're playing right here. So, shout out to our listener there. After the video is done, leave your picks in the comments. We'll always try to look through, see who had the best one, shout them out on next week's show. We've got the scoreboard. Justin's got two. I've got one. Producer Coop with a nice goose egg. The guest with the goose egg. Mike, you got to get the guests on the board. I'm going to change two. that tonight. Coop, last Mike was close. Props to, props to last Mike. That was, uh, that was a hard effort. Last Mike was close. Yeah, we got two mics in a row. I got two mics in a row here. All right. Let's uh, – I forget who I put first. I think I put Coop. Ah, Producer Coop. Okay. Julius Randle. I and almost went with that. Nice. You also went to, ooh, okay. I didn't, I didn't almost. Almost. Your All reasoning, right, so. though, may have been a little better than Coop's. If you, <laughs> TJ, do you have yeah. uh, Coop's? Can you read it? Yeah, let me let me read. What, hold on. I'm pulling through our chat here. His reasoning was that I have Julius Randle was going to win them a playoff game or something. And he goes, <laughs> Homer, Homer Nick's pick. Randle going to will the Knicks to a playoff series win. First appearance in seven years. And I was just like, is he going to do that this week, though? Yeah, not in time, not in time. <laughs> On his way to the playoff run, we've got Julius Randle. Justin, I think you're up next. Okay. Um, Let's try and do these I, relatively quickly, by the way. Yeah, you, you can put it on the screen. Um, so I went with Kevin Porter Jr. I've been watching this moment for a little bit. It's his rookie um, moment for the Series 1. It's his top shot debut. Uh, the price is finally back down to the, pretty much the lowest it's been, which is after he had his 50-point game, it went up a strong cliff, and now we're right back where, which um, you know, we've kind of seen, hey – when the moments have that, you know, when a player has that big game, moment value goes up. It kind of goes back down. He's missed two games, I think, because of injury, but he's coming back. And they have a great schedule this week. They got four games against four playoff teams. So Portland, both LA teams, and then Atlanta fighting for it. Uh, and so I just think, A, from a long term perspective, it's you know, this is a great opportunity to get in on a guy who we know does have that 50 point potential. Uh, and then also from a weekly standpoint, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of games, even though. They're not quite in contention. Uh, the games they're playing against, the teams they're playing against still are. I'm laughing at Coop. <laughs> I'm laughing at Coop's private chat. He's like, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep All it real. Right, so I'm going to go with a uh, – this might be a little bit of a, of a nitty strategy by me, but I, I, I'm thinking a little bit outside of the box here. You know, it's throwdowns, pack day. So I'm going to show the most expensive one and just in a uh, bear market. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick someone that you know I think has a, a nice safe floor in a bear market, someone who is the the dunk king himself, and one of my favorite moments on Top Shot. We got the Vince Carter Series One. I was checking it out. There's one listed at fifteen hundred. There's been solid solid purchases for the past couple of days. Every time, like Awesome o bought bought one earlier today. So. I got a lot of those. I know. So so maybe if the price goes down, Awesome o will just keep buying them more, and then I'll I'll win just because of him. And uh, but no, I, I just I want to take a little bit of a different approach here because I did not want to lose 20 percent again. And I think that I'm going with a little more of a, of a safety floor here. So if we see a bunch of movement in the next week, I'm probably in trouble. But if we see more of a stagnated bear market, I think I'm live. Mike, over to you. All right. Um, so I went with Mr. Joe Ingalls and the Joe Ingalls rationale is somewhat similar to what the Randall rationale would have been is that as we wrap up the season, everyone's favorite discussion topics are awards and who's going to win what awards. And I think Joe Ingalls has a reasonable case, uh, especially per the Ringer article that came out today, to win the sixth man of the year. 
award. He uh, is currently leading the league among non-centers in effective field goal percentage and by a pretty wide margin. He's shooting like 47% from three. He's having a pretty historical season. The Jazz are, are going to be the one seed in the West, it looks like. And perhaps most importantly, he's almost a floor Series 1 moment. And so it doesn't take much of a pump to get a pretty serious percentage increase. So I, I did play to the rules of the game here, looking for the seven-day percentage change. Um, and that's what tipped me into the Ingles over Randall Camp. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can uh, shill my bags here. Uh, Chad, go buy up some Ingles so the guests can get one here. Oh, I don't I have that many Ingles. I think, I, I, think I literally have for it. I respect that. Just I think I have right one. I don't know. I know, yeah, I know. I know Clarkson's there, but the Ringer article came out, Lou. So they they've got some sway. <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, that does it. And once again, check out underdogfantasy.com. Promo code OTM. Okay, last time I'm doing that. All right. Should we open a th- throwdown pack? Let's rip it. Do you, I heard you he's got do, some good music. Do yours as, as the guest, Mike? Is, is that you? you yeah. That? Yeah. yeah. Overset's not going to be happy, but that's all right. <laughs> that makes me even happier. So yes. good. <laughs> all right. Let me get lined up. One sec. I did see someone in the chat that said that the appropriate answer to the last question was the man's coin. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I don't know. All right. Appreciating that. Um, all right. It's loading right now. And then I'm going to go to it. Alrighty. I have heard there's some strong music for this. So I'm a little excited. That's what I've heard. I, I heard I'll check the box. I'll check the box. Don't worry. We know you got that. I've Hopefully the trained. chat doesn't yell at us to turn your music off. Sometimes they get. Sometimes they say turn the music off. Uh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, they'll be all right. All right, here we are. Can you guys see this? We can yep. now. Yep. As he all right. slowly scrolls through all the packs that he has. All the packs. Whoa. Okay, there they are. I was gonna say you haven't opened all of them yet. Yeah. Yeah. These are the fun ones. This well, one's kind of fun too. That, Le- that LeBron is still out. Yeah. All right. Did you did you before you did did you see the uh Dingling and Jamie TS um their like transaction the purchase? I don't which one is it? No. Well, maybe I saw what, what was the deal? Jamie had two of the finals packs and sold them to Osimo for 20k. Not Osimo. Uh, Dingling for 20k each. Yeah, Dingling's bought a few of the those packs. I th- I think he's bought as many as like 15 and there aren't that many okay. left. Yeah, uh, and they did like a live stream. It was fun, but uh, yeah. yeah, LeBron just—they keep getting more valuable. Yeah, D- 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 Dingling's also also an awesome person. I don't know if you guys have chatted uh, with him or her or them. I don't I don't know what what it is if it's a group or whatever. But um, really really nice uh, person. Good to chat with. Yeah, we uh, we, I don't know if you know. So we we one of our community members actually found him. We made a wanted sign for Dingling and uh, ended up just kind of found him when he had like seven followers on Twitter. Um, so he did like a nice little like Q and a that we put out and stuff, but, uh, no, really nice person, team, et cetera. But I think it's right. I agree. I agree. All right. Shall we? Let's Let's do this. I'm hoping for Ja Morant for the record. Ja Morant is what I love. All right. Love, love Ja. He's probably one of the top like three or four most. His actual dunk here is like unbelievable. Okay. All right. Here we go. I'm pumped for this music. Very exotic. Oh. TJ, we're just going to need to take this and get you to stop dropping some. All right, TJ, what number? 
Let's, so can we see which one is the... Yeah, this one? one, this one. Okay, let's make sure we do that one last then. Let's, uh, let's start with number one. Number one it is. Strong cereal. Haha. <laughs> Good old plan. Justin. Number six. Finished all the end. All the way. What do we got? Ooh. Top all right, little top shot debut. Always good to get a badge. I watch it all. Yeah, yeah, let's see this one. All right. Nice. A little up, what is this? Let's give Clint's love too. Oh, that's nice. I'm Zion. All right, here we go. Like the players that aren't as well known, getting them highlights either over a well known great player or something. Like, it definitely seems intentional. It doesn't seem like a lot of that. I'm just killing it with these well with another badge. Another first moment. Surprised that wasn't a hustling show. He gets a dish. Or if he didn't dunk. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Alright, alright. Alright. Marcus. Get some clipper love. Nice little smooth, easy three. Against my boys. Smooth, smooth. Yes! Nice. Love it. Nice, nice, nice. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's even more it's even it's even stronger, it's even better that this wasn't open to a settlement there during the club now. Alright, here we go. Alright, All right, finish strong, one. let's get some job. What do we got? We got Golden State Wise? Wise? Oh. Yeah, there it is. I like That's it. That's pretty nice. Here we go. It's gonna be one of the stronger ones. Obviously, get Love it. And, uh,. I don't think he's had an MGLE yet, so this is probably his most valuable moment thus far. Um, I can't, I don't remember having a wise an MGLE wins. Well, thank you for ripping that. That was fun. I like it. You got some, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped that up quickly. It's a great pull. I'm happy about that. You got what four badge moments, I think. Two yeah. rookies, yeah. two top shot debuts. Strong, strong pack. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All righty. Well. I think that's going to do it for tonight, gentlemen. It was a lot of fun. Thanks to Mike for joining us. Thanks to everyone that tuned in. And thanks to everyone that's watching after the fact. Thank we'll you for back. having me on. Mike, yes, it was great to have you. It was enjoyable. We uh, we definitely have to you know, continue to have these kind of back and forths. Uh, we always value what you've been putting out in the ecosystem, whether it's through writing a book on Twitter or uh, you know some other form. We, we appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, I'm thank sure you. Everyone, I'm sure everyone knows you, Mike, but if you want to plug anything that uh, you've got going on, let the people know where they can find you, all that fun stuff, if there's anything you want to say. Yeah, I've, I've got my Twitter, which is mbl267 underscore NFT. Oh, only because mbl267 was taken already by someone. I don't know who. Um, and I'll, I'll plug Underdog. Why not? <laughs> Love it. S send me Love up, it. fellas. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, like we're all about the underdog with the three letters is less than four. So don't use Peter Jack when you can just use OTM. It's faster. It's more efficient. Uh, you know, just it's, it's a better way of life. Promo code OTM.
There it is. GTO. Promo code OTM. There it is. All right, guys. We'll be back Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time for a little bit more of a, of a strategy show with Justin and I. And we will talk to you guys then. So on behalf of Justin, on behalf of Mike, and on behalf of Producer Coop Behind the Scenes, I am TJ Lasig, and we will see you guys next time.